2: Has the bloodline jumped the shark? We're going to find out, we're going to discuss as we review WWE SummerSlam 2023, the sixth SummerSlam that the WrestleTalk podcast has reviewed. Wow, what a stat. Fun fact for you. Mm. Last night was our fifth annual SummerSlam live reaction stream. Wow. Fun facts, everyone. I'm Luke Owen, D-A-D, and I'm joined by the former Jam That Champion, Pete Quinnell. Uh, after Dan Layton, the Professor Dan Layton, the truth Dan Layton, shockingly jammed in his Jam in the Jar last night. Yeah. Uh, I'm correctly predicted that Roman Reigns would retain in the main events.
3: Yeah. Uh, so I'm coming to the realization that Jam in the Jar is um, nonsense <laughs> um, because uh, I believe, someone can fact check me, but I think I'm right. Uh, I've only lost the Jam that Championship by being jammed in on. Mm-hmm. I, no one has just like, beaten me in predictions for the belt so uh sort it out you should probably get better at that uh that whole defending it then oh yeah yeah it's really easy to defend against a thing i can't defend against it's great yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, that's something for right. you to work on.
2: Anyway, please do press the subscribe button. This is your first time here. Give us a little thumbs up as well, because it helps us in the old algorithm. If you're watching this VOD, get in your comment down below with what you thought of this year's SummerSlam. And if you're watching live, get in your ultra chats to rustalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them above the five US dollar amounts as we dive in to... Summerslam 2023, which mm. was main evented by Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in Tribal Combat yeah. for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Tribal Combat was an ODQ match. It was just yeah. a pretty standard hardcore match. Yeah. Which, you know, there, yeah. was, there was tables, there was plunder, there was kendo sticks, there was mm-hmm. uh, some chairs and stuff. Didn't really feel like, oh, Oh, this is trite. You know how like the MMA rules match, like oh, sure. well, this is an MMA rules match, and Isn't- went great. Yeah. They- oh, yes. Quite. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, this was just like I mean, this could have been called a Detroit Street Fight, and it would have it, had
3: the uh, the same effects. It could have. I I think it still worked for me just because I think that the Tribal Combat tagline was purely like this means that the Tribal Chief thing is on the line, yeah. rather than being like it's a hardcore match for the title, and then in like small text, it's like.
2: If, and J- also if
3: jay wins he becomes the new tribal chief yeah. like i think i can just like, call it tribal combat and it encompasses everything brackets and also yes th- this is also
2: on the line asterisk yes. yes uh and roman reigns retained that title in a match that i, I thought a lot of people were quite down on mm. uh, as a main event it was your usual roman reigns stalling walking around the ring, jaw jacking with the audience. Mm-hmm. You do a move. Five minutes later, you do another move. And yeah. in those five minutes of, of you know, rest, mm-hmm. you just have a little wander around the ring. Yeah. You throw your arms up and you look at the crowd. You look at the guy and they go, Pff! you know, you do a lot of this. And mm-hmm. then, you know, 30 minutes later, the match ends. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people were quite, Perfect. I saw a lot of people were down on it. I quite like the Roman Reigns yeah. match. I think, you know, like the the last few that he's had, the, the Cody match was so great Mm, uh, in that the sammy match was so great the the owens match was was very good um the two tag matches the Mm -hmm. one against owens and was awesome and the one against the usos was like just beyond perfect yeah i felt this was like on the the lesser scale of good roman reigns matches in this tribal chief character but it's not to say that it was a bad match like there there was a lot of drama in there i i think it felt like this was a tired crowd mm. after quite a long show. It was a long show. It was over four hours, this show, which is very yeah. unlike WWE. Yeah. Um, it was past midnight in the yeah. building. Yeah. So I think it felt like it was a bit of a tired crowd and a crowd that was just waiting for the solo run-in or what's the next twist in this tale. What, for what, sure. What did you make of it?
3: Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think the match itself was, was good. Like you said, it's kind of like the Roman Reigns formula, but I quite enjoy that uh it takes a while to get to where it's going but when it gets there it's great uh and i enjoy obviously it's more about like the underlying drama and all that stuff but i enjoyed like the callbacks they did you know like Jey Uso got like the the leather strap out which was used in their uh helena SLI i quit match and stuff like that um a samoan drop from inside the ring outside the ring through a table is, cool. a, is a great spot uh even when Solo Sokoa started interfering, I was like, all right, here we go. Next gear. That was still like exciting to me. And seeing that kind of interaction with Roman accidentally spearing Solo Sokoa, kind of forcing someone to be like, the hell, man, uh, and kind of questioning Roman's allegiance in that. And then Jay taking advantage and spearing him through the barricade was another great spot. And then Jay getting revenge on Solo, doing the splash through the table that Solo did to Jimmy, like was a really cool spot. I was really into all of it. I, I was really enjoying myself, and I was like, all right here we go mm-hmm. the finish is coming soon jay hit the spear onto roman we go oh wow and then he hits a splash you go oh wow that's the match finish and then it went one two and then it it was sort of the match finish a mystery
2: man pulled uh jay uso out of the ring mm. the um the, the solo thing like uh, when solo interfered like they brawled through the crowd and solo yeah. uh came out and like he did spinning solo through the table and stuff yeah. I, I i think Solo's awesome yeah uh, i i don't think i you could paint a picture of the spear is going to be like oh he's going to test roman's leaves because quite clearly jay pulled him in the way of it i think solo would have to be pretty thick yeah. to think that roman did that on purpose yeah which is why like he was still on roman's side throughout like you know he, did, he was trying to do the spinning solo through the announcers table which mm-hmm. led to the the splash and stuff uh i mean i thought that we really were setting up for that finish when solo had the spike and roman was going to hit that spear that awesome tag team combo thing yeah. that they do but instead, it was Jay on top, and Jay hit the spear through Roman through the barricade, hit another spear in the ring, hit him with a splash, and then this mystery man pulled him out of the ring, and the mystery man was, as I predicted on our Summerslam predictions video, was Jimmy Uso. Sure was. Jimmy Uso, turning heel. <laughs> um, this was not another Uso. It was yeah. the fourth Uso. No. This was, uh, this was uh, one of the original two. Uh, Jimmy turning heel on his brother and costing him the match, gave him a super kick back into the ring, and Roman hit the spear for the win, pinning Jey Uso uh, one, two, three. Yeah. It didn't. Uh, Roman's reaction, a spear through a table, no less, as well. Mm. A cool yes. little finale, like a very you know, head of the table. Sure. But Spe- a spear through the table. It's nice and poetic. um it didn't feel like this was Jimmy rejoining the bloodline because Roman no. had this look on his face that he did not know that this was going to happen. I didn't quite catch a Paul Heyman reaction, so I don't know if like, mm. oh, this was you know, part of Heyman's master plan. Sure. I think a lot of people like to have this idea that Heyman's got this master plan. Oh, Brock Lesnar is part of his master plan and stuff. But I, I think oftentimes he's just there. Yes. Um, but he it is just a, a good manipulator. But Jimmy, like, he didn't celebrate with Roman after the match. Mm-hmm. He didn't celebrate with Solo after the match. He did what he came to do, which was stopping his brother from winning the match and becoming the tribal chief. Yep. And he left. Yeah. And Roman was just there to celebrate on his own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, I kind of read this as this was not Jimmy rejoining the bloodline, which I think would have been a very silly chapter into this story. Agreed. Yeah. However, Jimmy just turning heel on his brother mm-hmm. the jealous brother because why you know i mean jimmy's why can't i be the tribal chief like mm-hmm. why can't i be the head of the table mm-hmm. like this is jimmy's you know emma which just like why he's why is main event Jay Uso always going for the belt this is your third crack at the title where's my shot of the title well you're assuming that's what jimmy thinks that, well that's it i'm i'm kind of jumping to some i'm using my jump to conclusions map to jump to said mm-hmm. conclusions but if, if he's not joining the bloodline mm-hmm. or rejoining the bloodline that would be my assumption. It is, it's a jealous brother thing.
3: Yeah. Uh, I i think I, I'm going to give them a chance to justify this because I, I said before that I think if Jimmy turns on Jay, we're going to jump, jump the shark and that's going to be too much. I think in my head, that angle playing out would be Jimmy rejoining the bloodline. And if that did happen on the show, that would have been me going, what are you thinking? That's done. This is awful. Terrible storyline. Jimmy not rejoining the bloodline and turning on Jay, I think there is a chance that there is something there. Like, mm-hmm. maybe there's a story that I've overlooked, some uh, pieces of, of evidence and clues and stuff that I've not seen in the storyline that when they bring up, I go, well, actually, that was foreshadowed. Actually, that's quite clever. I didn't realize. Uh, I don't think that's there, but I'm going to give them the chance to tell me that story anyway. I say in my edited review on, on Wrestle Talk that I'm going to give him a chance to give it a Jimmy explanation promo about what's going on here. He better have a damn good reason for turning on Jay, because currently I don't think this makes, makes much sense at all. From everything that we've been told in the Bloodline from its inception to now, everything about Jimmy has been trying to rescue Jay and stop him from overcoming Roman and all that stuff. Stop uh, to help him overcome Ro- overcome Roman and all that stuff. Everything that we've been told about Jimmy and Jay is that their bond is one that can't be broken. That whole thing is like Roman's influence cannot break the the brotherhood bond of Jimmy and Jay. Uh, and to subvert that is an interesting choice, but you do need to justify that. You can't just be like, but Roman won and he did break it. It's like right, but how? You need to like justify that big turn. Uh because even like from a, from a from a macro standpoint, not even looking at like this storyline in particular, you have now just broken up one of the best tag teams of all time It's a choice, I would say it's certainly a choice uh it's actually
2: something I haven't even considered
3: yeah like it I think it would be disingenuous, maybe you'd have to work really hard to put the USOs back together is what I'm saying after this uh with with the gravitas of you cost me being the tribal chief feels like a hard thing to like repair you know um but probably they will probably uh but even so i I still think that this this story is now an uphill battle to justify itself and i don't think it needed to be this hard yeah so i think the bloodline had a
2: uphill struggle after mania as Mm -hmm. well because The, you know, Cody losing at Mania. I I'm not going to, we're not going to rebeat this drum over and over again. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I always want to. But, you know, Cody losing at WrestleMania. There was this like, huh. What does this mean for the Bloodline storyline? This doesn't feel like a direction that you need to be going in. But, you know, well, and a lot of people are like, I'm done with the story. This, this story is over. Mm-hmm. That was not helped by the fact that the following month, Roman was not there. Mm-hmm. So it was just the Usos redoing their feud with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but almost acting like they hadn't done the WrestleMania match. It was a bad month, a bad mm-hmm. month for the, for the Bloodline. But then Roman came back and it got great again. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a question of when's Roman coming back? Because if Roman's not a payback, if Roman's not, and currently Roman's not advertised for Survivor Series, like if Roman's not a payback, he's not at Survivor Series, like uh, we're going to be, you know, kind of Romanless. Mm-hmm. However, you can still do a Bloodline story without Roman because you can just focus it on Jimmy and Jay now. Sure. So th- this could actually be a very good way to keep this Bloodline story going and keep what is effectively, you know, the most overact on SmackDown, one of the most important acts in the company keep it going, keep it fresh, keep it moving without Roman being on the show. You've now got another new antagonist that isn't just Solo and Heyman. Yes, if the story's good. That Well, that that's the key to it. I, I, I think, so we can either go in two directions. We yeah. either go post-Backlash, mm-hmm. or we're going in that month between WrestleMania and Backlash, where it yeah. was just the uphill battle and they're not... They are trying to push this boulder up a hill and are struggling, mm-hmm. but then Roman came in and just pushed it back up yeah if we're going into a period now where they're going to start to struggle to push that boulder again this could lose a lot of momentum
3: yeah i uh and i i think as well like on a a a bigger scale of the bloodline story as a whole the bloodline saga like that with a story like this you have to have an endpoint when that endpoint is is of course fluid but i think wwe should be aware that you can't delay the gratification of Roman losing everything forever. They've done a long title reign, and that's great, but when you build things up to be the expectation of the end of the story, and it's not, multiple times, people will then go, I'm really going to sit through another arc of this stuff. When... It, when he beat uh cody at mania mm-hmm. and the
2: report came out quite quickly oh it's because they're going to do roman cody at mania we had so many people be like i ain't waiting till mania yeah, no, like i I, uh, I cannot do another year mm-hmm. of roman with this belt yeah and you know we're now you know six months past that yeah well not six months yet four five months four months yeah four, and then getting off for of five months past that we're still like six months away from wrestlemania mm. it is like oof, like yeah. C- can we do another it's eight months to wrestlemania eight, yeah, can, yeah. We do, can we do another eight months of this mm-hmm. because i was looking at you know the ultra chats from last night's show mm-hmm. this was and you can certainly argue a lot of this is reactionary yeah however but you know just to kind of get a a snapshot of this um you know dumb reasons for jimmy turning it's already been stated this shouldn't have happened here i'll have to see how they follow this on friday but they don't give a good explanation i don't know I'm 100% okay with Roman winning. However, Jamie was the one that broke Jay out the bloodline. Uh, this is the dumbest S. Uh, they could have had Jamie, uh, Jay lose without Jimmy. Sorry, lads. And you're glad you could try and find the positives, but I'm done. Yeah. And that was a kind of a lot of the feeling from the live chat we had last night was I'm done. Yeah. Jump the shark was used multiple times mm-hmm. in the live chat of being like, this storyline is just, it's a swerve. There are swerves. There are swerves and brother. We've
3: all been swerved. Yeah this is might be a step too far it's overstayed it's welcome i think is kind of the the, the vibe that i'm getting and going by what hayman said in
2: the the post show the press conference you know this is the bottom of the third as a, as a baseball term mm. that's not towards the end of a, of a baseball game as far as i'm aware no. and and he was basically saying like oh we're far from over yeah on this storyline like we are and he basically he, he almost said like we're only just getting started yeah it's like dude you are three years into this storyline yeah. and you
3: are you're just getting started yeah, like we barely hit our stride it's like mm, that's not true you have hit your stride you've gone past your stride yeah So, like, Heyman's kind of reaction to this in the the report from
2: Fight for Slate, which is, when will Roman drop the belt? And the answer was, it's when Heyman and Roman decide, like, when when they decide they're going to do it. Whenever they effing want to, that is when Roman will drop this belt. Yeah. So, we now might be looking at a picture where it's not just, this storyline is going, but, like, Roman ain't dropping it in Mania next year either, like, to to Cody. like take Bruno's record! Why not? this joke today. Like, cause you know, Paul Heyman said, Oh, it's bottom of the third. temper was like, I worked a baseball game that had 19 innings. Yeah. Like he is beating Bruno's record at this point. Yeah. I I don't <laughs> want to watch that. <laughs> but Okay. So outside of like, taking away the, I need to see Friday mm-hmm. for the, for the, for the explanation. The explanation. Yeah. In the moment yeah. when Jimmy attacked, yeah. did you think this has jumped the shark?
3: Uh I thought, oh, I hate this. Uh that was my my initial gut reaction. Uh I believe. Uh sorry, Mod Mother, Mother Jenna. Sorry, Vinny for editing the podcast version. As soon as it happened, Jimmy pulled him at the ring and I, I saw the mystery person down there. I was like, I think that's Jimmy. And I turned around and so went, Oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was my initial gut reaction. Uh 17 which, minutes, 23 seconds, promote that down, yeah, Mod Mother, Mother. Yeah. Which it's not the reaction you want for a big moment like that uh it's just not something i'm interested in seeing and i i I believe i've seen online people have mentioned that jay and jimmy want this feud they've they've
2: wanted this feud for a while. they've
3: wanted this feud i don't personally Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that my views are representative of of the viewership as a whole i personally have no interest in seeing jay versus jimmy they could make it great they could make it super interesting and they could make it you know not a hardy boys feud they could make it a Heart Brothers feud, and it could be really cool. But right now, they need to do a lot of legwork to justify itself. To me, this reeks of, we need something. Mm -hmm. We need to justify Jay losing, and we need to justify the storyline going on, so we'll do something. Jimmy will turn on Jay, and we'll figure it out later. And that's not the way to do it, (laughs) is what I'd say. Yeah,
2: this... I don't know whether I would say that this has uh, jumped the shark uh, as of yet. So I'm trying to send a, a message. We've got one. Oh, we got one. Way. Where is it? It's
3: there. It's... Where are you... Huh. I'll
2: tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll Mine's there. I'll, I'll close. Uh, I'll, I'll finish my point while I drive by yes, this. please do that. Um, I don't know if I thought this jumped the shark, only because I kind of thought that this was where we were going.
3: Yeah.
2: And... I you know I, I made my bold prediction on the 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 um the 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 predictions show that oh i think jimmy's gonna turn jimmy's gonna cost jay because they've taken jimmy out of the storyline and sent him to hospital i was like yeah Mm -hmm. he's for sure returning at the pay-per-view and if he's gonna return at the pay-per-view jay ain't winning yeah so he's probably gonna turn on jay and cost jay the match yeah and they've wanted to do this brother versus brother thing for a while brother versus brother things often are terrible Mm -hmm. uh the hardy boys you you mentioned that a very good example of Mm. a bad version of this but if you're doing like jimmy versus jay at payback There's some good stuff they could probably get out of that. Probably. And and actually, you know, looking further down the line, the reunion, when they
3: come back onto the same page and you get that Uso's reunion tag match, Mm. that will probably feel like a really big deal. That's the thing. I feel like this story is now just moments. It's like, what a moment of Jimmy turning on Jay. What a moment if they have a match and what a moment when they get back together. It's like, cool. But what is in between all those bits? You know, like that's the stuff that's actually going to maintain the foundation of the story. And I don't know if that foundation is actually there or whether it is just superficial moments. Let's, uh, should we have a a poll? Um, Let's
2: have a poll. Has the bloodline jumped the shark? Yes or no? Mm. I just, I'm just looking for a binary option here yeah i know that there is a there's a lot of there's a bigger thing at play let's wait until friday let's sure. see how it plays out but in the immediate, i'm just curious as to kind of what the reaction is yeah what do but, you think right now particularly because we've now had a chance to sleep on it yes whereas last night if i think if i'd have done this poll last night it'd have been like 90 percent. yes 90 percent jump the shark yes mm-hmm. but i'm curious now now that we've slept on it can uh, has this jump the shark can we sort of like be "Ah, maybe it hasn't, maybe we can look towards something else I'm I'm just curious, I wanted to get a bit of a lay of the land Mm. so let's see if we can get that poll up and uh, we'll get into it I'd be very
3: curious
2: As we get into your ultra chats on this one as well, Wrestle.com forward slash support, get them in. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. And as with all big bloodline things, people have a lot to say. People have opinions. Alamak says, The main event made me speechless. No ref bump in a Roman title match? Unbelievable. There's no need. It was a no DQ match this time. Oh. Also, if yeah. Damien cashed in the main event, would he become senior tribal chief in the bank? Well, he would have just become senor tribal chief really because he would have cashed
3: in right was that huh if Damian, yeah, yeah is that hmm would he enter himself into the tribal combat match or would that get overwritten into this is now just a regular triple threat if yeah he, if he cashed in um, no idea. i'm
2: also just realized that uh mother's not actually doing the show today so i need to do the
3: polls. oh you need to do this so poll. can you read out the next uh Ultra absolutely chat? i, will, I, I, will I can yes polls. Uh Sky Shadowrun said, uh people are saying we need to find the reason first about Jimmy's turn, but personally I don't care about Jimmy's reasons. I think the Usos are awesome, but I don't really think either of them are interesting if you remove Roman if you remove Roman and have the Jimmy J feud. Uh I I don't think that's necessarily fair. I think that Jay and Jimmy have shown a level of character depth through the bloodline story. Granted, but it wasn't necessarily Roman's bit that was always the most interesting bit about like the users, like the interactions with Jay and Sammy and Jimmy and Sammy and like Jay and Solo and people like that was also really interesting. And the interactions between those people was also an interesting part of the bloodline. So I think there is something there without Roman, but whether they like I said before whether they have that foundation to build off, I don't know. I think there's there's
2: something in Sky's comment there, which is that the Usos... actually no no I, I take that back. I was about to say the Usos were bland pre Bloodline, but they actually mm. were pretty. I, I, they were they were bland pre brand split. Yes, it was the the, the twenty sixteen brand split or twenty seventeen brand split, whichever one it was. Is when they sort of really found their feet and yes. became the Usos that we know now. Down since day one-ish. Exactly, yeah, like that, that era of, of the Usos. Yeah,
3: so and they, they were awesome.
2: So they insane. were, you know, the feud with the New Day and stuff. So yeah. they, they have been an interesting tag team. Yeah. But they have been infinitely more interesting as a tag team since the Bloodline Absolutely. three years ago. Yeah. Uh, Jordan here says, I was told to wait and let it play out with Drew, with Sammy, with Cody, and now with Jay. Except no, I will not let this play out anymore. No one wants a Jimmy and Jay program. Also, again, Cody losing does not feel vindicated still. Let's talk about Cody more. <laughs> still a bad choice. I still agree that it was a bad choice. I, 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 everything would have been so much better if he just won. I know. Um, and that is, I, I, I totally sympathize with Jordan's point here. This mm-hmm. whole like, let it play out. It's like, yeah. I was told that after Drew. I was yeah. told that after Kevin. I was told that after Sammy. I was told that after Cody. I was told that after the tag match. I was told that after. And it's like, like there's got to be a point when we look like we're nearing towards an end point and i don't think we are nearing no. and we're nowhere near any form of an end point with this story and when it feels like we are we're not yeah scott young genuinely think that's the worst finish they could have done this let's play a uh, let it play out card it didn't work after mania Good story since, but it didn't justify Roman winning. Brightside, Jimmy vs. Jay will be class, but still a bad finish to a fine show. Yeah, I kind of agree with that one. Uh, Chocobo Kid, I was actually just trying to catch Chocobos in uh, playing Final Fantasy 7. Having a great time, weren't you? I hate Chocobos. Yeah. Like, so, since 1997 playing that game, I hate Chocobos. Mm. Little yellow pricks, just like mm-hmm. stick around. So let me jump on your back and ride you for a bit, will That'd That'd tell a you? That is sex tape. tape. Uh, Chocobo Kid, at the end of the tribal combat, the last interference I yelled out it's the 4th Uso <laughs> Sammy Boys says don't understand why fans react the way WWE wants if they don't like something instead of F Jimmy just chant F this booking or F the WWE that way you would hurt them you're just feeding them now also where is the logic Jay coming in solo makes him the dumbest wrestler in kayfabe for 3 years he knows Roman doesn't want to do things alone Sammy should have been there at this point Jay should ask for a transfer to Raw why want to be part of a family when the elders condone the Chief's actions?" and the brothers turns there's a lot of points in there there is um first off why do fans react that way because they were buying into the story yeah like that and like that you can look at this live crowd this live crowd did not boo the booking of this no they didn't they booed the character of jimmy uso so in that sense it absolutely worked yeah for the live live crowd in attendance i think this worked absolutely um so jay coming in uh makes him the dumbest restaurant kayfabe three years he knows that roman doesn't do things alone i don't i don't need sammy
3: there like sammy's no. arc within this story is done if, if this was the actual end of the story if jay was winning i think it would have been really cool to have drew sammy ko a bunch of like roman's demons that he put to bed they all come out to help jay i think that would have been a really neat moment not if it's not the end of the story yeah uh and there's an interesting point of just like why
2: do you want to be part of this family when the elders condone that's an interesting point though uh,
3: yeah i think that's part of the character dynamic though like the whole point is that this is kind of like a toxic relationship and there's a, an influence that roman has over jay inherently jake wtw like many i wasn't a
2: fan of the main event finish i had my initial reaction and feel much the same about it now the finish itself was just much of the same formula that we've seen in roman matches and that formula is is just starting to get stale for me on the turn itself to me it doesn't make much sense jimmy was the one that pulled jay away from roman breaking away from the manipulation of roman and paul only to be manipulated by them jimmy got hurt because of jay and then turning on jay for me it's starting to feel a little bit like the nwo it's a hot story that they keep extending well past its natural expiration date but i guess triple h said stories don't end in WWE yes they do they planted seeds uh they haven't planted any seeds of Jimmy being jealous of Jane it just feels like they needed a swerve for the sake of a swerve maybe they have some grand plan on where they're going next but it's just kind of getting tiring
3: I, I think that is the general vibe for me is that for a lot of the bloodline story you can roughly see where it's going or you have clues as to where the story's going this I feel like didn't do that this wasn't effectively foreshadowed and if it was foreshadowed it wasn't foreshadowed effectively because people are surprised by this outcome you it wasn't like oh this could maybe happen i think another tiring aspect of this that i'm kind of getting from from the ultra
2: chats and you know the live chats that we had last night as well the roman template match mm-hmm. is grinding people down sure. yeah it's i get that I, and i totally get that as well because if you know, looking at and it's eight months until wrestlemania you're looking at that being like oh that's a long time it's an even longer time with those roman reigns matches Mm. that are borderline the same every single time great though they may be they can only be great for a certain amount of time jared here said i want to give the story a chance but last night's match wasn't great to me it never hit the epic third act that roman matches normally do i'm afraid we're reaching a point where the tribal chief feels like the big dog under a new name
3: that's interesting that's
2: so interesting like that that's a point. great great way to phrase that yeah. um moose said in the build-up to money in the bank roman and Heyman pointed out that jimmy never wanted jay to be the tribal chief or the right-hand man also as much as jay says he's doing this for his uh, doing this for jimmy how does winning a singles
3: title help him uh, i hmm okay jimmy never wanted jay to be the tribal chief or the right-hand man Sure, he didn't want him to be in the bloodline. He didn't want him to be under Roman's influence and he helped him escape from that. The bloodline then beat up Jimmy a lot and Jay was fighting on his behalf. He was uh, removing the title of tribal chief from Roman so that his influence could not be felt on others. He was protecting Jimmy and more by becoming a benevolent tribal chief, if you will. Uh, I think that was the point uh it's not really about the singles title at this point which is why cody should have won at wrestlemania <laughs> we keep coming back to this
2: man uh bailey what if jimmy did what uh did what he did to jay to save jay because he fears jay will turn out like roman yeah jimmy
3: has seen what the wild title does to roman and doesn't want jay to go down that same dark path that i think is a really interesting point that's one that i wanted to bring up early but i forgot to That, I think, is an interesting idea. I'd be curious to see if that is the reason how they'd present that and present that argument to be like, I did this to save you, because I think if they were gonna do that, then I think Jimmy should have been a bit more conflicted when he did it, because he was like, angry he looked like jealous brother he's mm. like no i want to hurt you i, I want to win this. i want to inflict pain upon you you know yeah whereas like i'm sorry i love you i have to do this for your own good yeah. that was not the vibe from that attack at all so if they wanted to tell that story I think they would have changed it from what their original plan was, because I don't think that came across in this angle. Uh, Kid Cutty here saying, uh, this is why people don't take the IWC
2: and Negative Talk, I believe that's you and I, uh, complaints seriously. It's just the same people crying about their fantasy booking and not working out. Same thing happened when Drew lost, when Seamus and Cody and Sammy, and now Jay just let it play out. Uh, I, okay, I'm not going to try and jump to my own defense, because I think that that comes across as like... um, i don't know well i don't know what the wording for that is but i'm not going to be like no this is why you're wrong uh, kid kelly uh, two points on this i literally predicted this was going to happen so mm-hmm. it's, it's not my fancy booking didn't play out uh, number two we've never said that this is bad mm-hmm. so it's i don't i don't know how you can say negative talk not said it's bad number three um i just want you to double check what the first what the i stands for in iwc and what you used to send this message <laughs> I hate I that term so so much. Yeah, it made so much sense in the late nineties and the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, Deadpool two, uh, jimmy's screwing Jay. Also, I think if people are upset at this, they're quite entitled to be upset by this. Mm-hmm. And I think people are entitled to think that this has jumped the shark. Look, I'm looking at the the poll here and. A lot of people seem to think this has jumped the shark. Mm -hmm. Deadpool Chew says, Jimmy screwing Jay at this point is stupid. Jimmy's turn at Night of Champions of Roman injuring him. Um, If they're going to do the jealousy angle, Jimmy should have accidentally cost Jay last night. Then do a triple threat or a fatal four-way at payback and have Jimmy turn heel there. Have Jay win, give him a short title run where Jimmy gets progressively jealous and eventually cost Jay to have Roman win the title back at the Royal Rumble. Then you can build to Jimmy versus Jay at WrestleMania
3: 40. I I get that, yeah. I think there was like we've been saying before, there's just more legwork that needed to be done for this angle to justify itself. But,
2: uh, Notorious said Hey guys first time Ultra Chatter here uh, I'm usually good to so just go with the flow But I'm so pissed At this development It doesn't make a lick of sense And is so dumb But I'm not willing To let it play out F this Sorry it's my first ever My first ever chat it Is a complaint You're all good you're not, Absolutely you're all good It's also not a complaint It's your feelings and thoughts uh, Gracia says Hey y'all I just don't care About the bloodline anymore Every justification I can think of For Jimmy turning on Jay Is always followed up In my mind by It would have been better with, uh, with the title though thoughts um i i would i I, would, I find this so fascinating as well this whole like i don't care about the bloodline anymore and every justification mm-hmm. and this and the other and the, this whole let it play out i'm getting just so many flashbacks to the night after wrestlemania yeah. night two when we were reading out ultra chats and this is what the feeling was mm-hmm. but they did turn this around and i and they re and i i think that they got roman and Heyman's creative booking turned people around on the cody loss at mania to the point where now people are like actually it was totally the right call for cody's Losermania. mania was it luke well i i'm saying peter there are people that do make that argument and i think that there is an argument to be made for it we, people are wrong. we could be looking in two months time and having people like do you know what jimmy turning on jay at SummerSlam was completely the right call and it was the yeah. right decision
3: <laughs> yes uh i i I think this is why I'm not completely like overtly like, this is the worst choice they could have made. What are they thinking? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Because I think they've done really well post Mania. I still think Cody winning would have been better, but they have done well post Mania and the story has still been interesting and good. So I'm curious to see what they do from here. I think we might get to a point where we say like, Jimmy still probably shouldn't have turned. But what they've done with it since has been all right. Talkie Toaster, the jealousy story doesn't make sense to me. If Jimmy let Jay win then
2: turned on Jay on SmackDown Raw, he'd have got a title match out of it most likely. So the only other logical explanation is Jimmy's going back to Roman, which is a backwards step. If he goes back to the bloodline, I feel that is a backwards that step. That is bad. Um, and I, I'm also not on the boat of taking the title off roman to give someone a short range just to put the title belt back on roman because i feel like that accomplishes nothing i agree not actually tesco has been a member for six months in a row says not the worst show all things considered very happy that la Knight and Eosky got their wins but i think this is me bowing out of the bloodline saga valid matt here uh, here are my thoughts on the bloodline angle and this is just my opinion did the bloodline jump the shark with jimmy's heel turn short answer is no long answer once they do it the right way i <laughs> mean to elaborate Right now in WWE, the three most over babyfaces are Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Jay Uso. The issue with Jimmy is that really for the last year, he's always felt like the least important character in the storyline. During the Sami, KO, and Bloodline storyline of seven people involved in the storyline, Jimmy felt like... Uh, Jimmy felt... Jimmy felt with the audience. Jimmy doesn't have the same connection that Jay does. The turn works because it's not Jimmy rejoining the bloodline. Roman and Paul both look shocked and confused when the turn happened. and It works because of Jimmy's jealousy towards Jay, the least important. Jay even during the bloodline civil war. I'd argue he was the fifth most important character.
3: They've come out of order. Sorry. So it should go one, two, four, three. Okay. Just so, right, so... so.
2: During the Sammy KO and Bloodline storyline of the seven people involved in the storyline, Jimmy felt, aha, the least important. Even during Civil War, I'd argue he was the fifth most important character. The Bloodline has done a good job of making Jey Uso feel like a legit main eventer and has made him stand out and create his own connection with the audience. Jimmy doesn't have that same connection that Jey does. The turn works because it's not Jimmy rejoining the Bloodline. Rowan and Paul both look shocked and confused when the turn happened. It works because of Jimmy's jealousy towards Jey.
3: I just don't get the jealousy vibes at all like you could see it in this angle but it's just not been there at all before i think people can retroactively make the argument and be like well if jimmy was feeling this way then it makes sense but that feeling hasn't been effectively portrayed
2: cobb i feel like the bloodline is at a point where it's being icarus they've had so many chances to end it and now it's burning them we're already glad that you're our friend and this is the story that uh, (laughs) we're very glad that you're our friend and this is a story that will never ever end he knew. <laughs> the kings of STL21. Hey, guys, I just want to say uh, that the Jimmy turn was very predictable, but made no sense. Mm. Heyman in the conference said that this storyline was coming into the third inning. For a storyline that has lasted for three years, is it finally starting to overstay its welcome?
3: I think there will be some people who, who would be like, no, it's fine. There'll be some people who'd be like, yeah, I think it is something to overstay its welcome. And then there'll be some people who be like, God, it overstayed its welcome years ago. Yeah. There's going to be such a spectrum on this.
2: Homestar fan, Jimmy turning on Jay Monk's no sense. It felt Vince Russo level, a swerve for the sake of a swerve. Who is Roman going to face until Mania? Even if there are people really interested in seeing Cody win the belt, I think this feud has finally run its course. I, honestly, I think if Roman is defending this belt again, it is only against Bloodline members until this year is out. <sighs> An uh, LA night, why not? <laughs> uh, Matt said, A lot of people say Jimmy stood up to Roman for Jay, but when you think about it, he didn't stand, uh, he didn't stand up to Roman only when Roman started to give him some physical and verbal abuse that Jay, that Jay got. Prior to that, for the three years, Jay got that type of abuse, and the only person that stood up for him in that period of time was Sammy. When you think about it logically, it was only after the Usos lost the tag dogs of Mania when Jimmy started to get the same type of abuse from Roman, and only then was when he... Oh, and it ends there. And it ends there. And we have a missing username. Please do let our moderators know who said, if it's tribal combat, it should have just been Roman and Jay. Then you could have had the turn after the match, which they shouldn't have done. Also, as much as I love LA Knight, the Battle Royal should have been on the pre-show.
3: Big agree. Um, a, I'd, I'd
2: have a big agree for that.
3: I'll also say just on the last one, by the way, sorry, just very mm. quickly. Uh, Jimmy standing up to Roman for Jay did happen when Jimmy first came back into the Bloodline story. Like Jimmy came back and he was like, the hell's going on here? what I miss? Like, What's going on with you, Jay? And tried to talk Jay out of being in the bloodline. Then he himself got converted into it, but he did stand up to Jay prior. That's the thing that happened.
2: Uh, and lastly, on this one for now, Danny G said, Afternoon, lads. My initial thought was that they've jumped the shark, but I've thought that before, so we'll see how it plays out. Not too bothered either way, to be honest. I haven't watched weekly WWE TV for ages, so as long as the pay per view stay decent, I'm all right. That's
3: so fair. That is a fair
2: point there, uh, Danny. So let's end this poll now. Uh, you've had enough time to get your votes in on it. We've had nearly 1,000 people vote on this. Mm-hmm. And it's like two-thirds... saying yes it's jumped the Shark Uh, 29% saying no so yeah two thirds of the audience here think that this storyline has reached its point Mm -hmm. I will be curious if we would do that poll again in two months time and see what the reaction to it there was yeah (laughs) Uh, well, let's get into the rest of Summerslam, because there were other things that did happen on this show. <laughs> was there? Uh, Crazy. We opened with uh, Kid Rock doing the video package. This wasn't the Kid Rock performance that some people thought it was going to be. It was just Kid Rock being like, Hi, I'm Kid Rock, and
3: I'm from Detroit, and here is Summerslam in Detroit. I thought this video package was really weird, because he was like, to see where you're going, you've got to see where you've been. Look at SummerSlam 88. And I was like, okay, like a history of SummerSlam. That's quite cool. And this is the first one. And he's like, yeah, SummerSlam 88. Look at all these stars are on there. Look at SummerSlam 95. <laughs> there were some stars there. Well, SummerSlam that's, 2013. It's like, let's, cool. not,
2: let's not look at 95. Yeah. Like, like, that's and a bad And they went,
3: SummerSlam 88, SummerSlam 95, SummerSlam 2013. And here we are now. It's like I'm sure there's some others in there. Well, I'm I'm guessing that those other two were in Detroit, probably. Yeah. Because like '95
2: would have been Diesel, maybe. Yeah. That would make sense that that's in Detroit. Yeah. And I'm guessing the other one was probably in Detroit. Probably.
3: um, It just was very funny because I don't think they explained that very well. well like like, look at these years.
2: Because I don't think '88 was in Detroit, so it's like hard (laughs) to be like this is where it started, and then we then we move to a different city. (laughs) Because I always think like, oh man, they'll show Wembley. Yeah, 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 and, and they, no, no, they didn't. No, of course they didn't. Uh, but yeah, this was the 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 Kid Rock appearance of the night, so yeah. it was not quite as bad as some people had feared that it might be. No, particularly thank God. when they cut Becky and uh, yeah, Frish, and they were like, "What, you're keeping the Kid Rock concert?" Yeah. Didn't even get that. Our opening contest, however, was Logan Paul versus Ricochet in the viral moments match, and oof, the commentators were trying oof. hard. So I think that logan paul's very good at this he sure is he is it's actually incredible how good he is and i feel like that's a bit of a broken record thing to say but gosh darn is he good at, at doing this really good. annoyingly so good at yeah. doing this i said um, during the uh, uh crown jewel whichever one when he had the title match against yes. roman against roman yeah the most impressive thing for me about logan paul is he doesn't feel like a celebrity doing a wrestling mm. match he just feels like one of the wrestlers doing a wrestling match and that's incredible with that said mm-hmm. this felt overly rehearsed yes And there were moments where you could see them sort of just moving forward to get to the next spot, but the other person's not quite ready. And because they were trying so hard to make this the viral match, Mm -hmm. I don't think this ever really landed in the big spectacular way that... Other Logan Paul matches have done. You know, you look at that Logan Paul match you had with Seth Rollins. Mm. Like, that was full of like huge, awesome moments that you're like, oh, you can see why they brought this guy in. The viral sensation, what a social media megastar. I don't feel we had that moment in this match. No. This match was what Jim Cornette thinks every Young's Bucks match is. Because <laughs> it was just spots. Yeah. They just did spots and then Logan Paul hit Ricochet. With the brass knucks and pinned in. Mm-hmm. And it was just that. And that's great because that's all it was ever supposed to be. Yeah. But for me, I actually felt
3: this was on, like the lower end of Logan Paul matches in WWE. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I enjoyed this match. It started off a bit slower than I thought it would for a match like this. I thought it would be like, let's get to the point. You know, let's get the viral moments. Um, But I thought it, it picked up towards the end. I quite enjoyed some of the, the near falls in the action. I don't know how Logan Paul hit a buckshot lariat from inside the ring to out. Yeah, to the that, floor. That seems illegal. How would you do that? Um, But he did it. It was crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was good. It, like you said, it, it never reached that. Oh my god, social media moment that they were desperate to get. Yeah. Um, but it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Yeah.
2: Uh, Cody Rhodes then took on Brock Lesnar in their non-stipulation match. Uh, I thought it was an interesting report. Uh, you know, everyone's been sort of banging on about this idea that there's going to be a big stipulation around the third match, hmm. and apparently WWE were like, "Ah, this don't need," no. to which I think is mad because. I pretty, it needed something mm. um, because you, we haven't been given any like storyline justification as to why we're in this third point and like the, the video package was just hilarious in how unmoving this story has been since night one of it
3: it was so long the video oh, package dude, was so long tricing
2: it four times because yeah. I saw it on Raw, yeah. they played it on Smackdown they played it on the pre-show and they played it again here that slow um, <laughs> Dan described it as oddly romantic yeah. <laughs> uh, video package and it, it was long as has this feud been. Yeah. I liked this. So did I. A a great deal, actually, because this was the first match they've had that was really built around, like, story and... I'm not going to say story, but emotion. Yeah. Brock... Story. Brock didn't want to hurt Cody. Yeah. He really respected him as this sort of athlete and stuff. Mm -hmm. But he's like, you're the biggest paycheck I can get. Mm -hmm. So let me have this match and just let me win, and then I don't have to hurt you, and we can go our separate ways. So what he would do is he would hit Cody with a move, throw him to the outside, and tell the ref to count. Mm -hmm. And if Cody got back onto the apron, he would just knock him off the apron and get the referee to start the count again. Cody got back up, he went to the outside, hit him with an F5 outside the ring, got back in, got the referee. It's basically like a last-man-standing match at at one point. And it just kept going and going. And Cody, because he is... 80s wrestler he's white meat baby face he's blue-eyed baby face he is john cena in 2023 he never gave up he always believed and he got in the ring he made his comeback and they had a fun little sequence at the end i I you know brock locking in the kimura i really enjoyed uh cody locking in the kimura i thought that was fun yeah i also thought it was very interesting as well that like when brock had the kimura on Cody had to struggle to get to the ropes. When Cody had the Kimura on, Brock was like, no. <laughs> just, just picked him up on one arm. No. Yeah, just lifted him up and was like, nope, get off me. Yeah. But it ended with several crossroads and Cody picked up the win.
3: Yeah. So you enjoyed the match? Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think that without a stipulation here, I think they built the psychology around like singles rules rules really well. Like the count out steps and stuff like that was like, it really built into the psychology of the match really well. Uh, and it's weird that you call him John Cena because he's John Cena, but he works. That's isn't like that the that. most interesting thing yeah, about him? It's it's just he, he is that severe underdog, never give up, never say die guy. But we all go like, yeah, hell yeah, Cody. Uh, which is just just something about him. He's if, got that connection. If John, mm-hmm. well, I think if John Cena,
2: I think it's more of a, a, a different. Era of time that we're in. Mm. If John Cena was doing the John Cena thing that he was doing in the mid 2000s now, he would be a beloved babyface. Maybe. But he was doing it in a post attitude era world yeah. where people didn't want Hulk Hogan. They wanted cool and edgy characters and he was the like
3: polar opposite of a cool yeah. and edgy character i think there is also a level of vulnerability to cody as well i think he's a, a better seller than cena is. Well, he is but he's a much better wrestler than John. much cena better is. wrestler than cena and i think that allows people to invest in him emotionally a lot more uh and there's a level of vulnerability to him. like he you know he only just beat lesnar and then he lost to lesnar and i don't think we'd have seen that from cena i think cena would have just won <laughs> you know like three times but yeah i mean what he did he just beat brock when yeah. brock had made his,
2: yeah. had his comeback match i i'd like the finish uh i i said to, to dan on the show that i'm not saying that my version of this is better uh but i was like oh i think a kimura finish would have actually been really rad for mm. this because all three matches have ended with the kimura yeah uh, the first match was cody reversing the kimura into a pinfall second was him passing out to the kimura ending it with, like, if Cody had locked in the Kimura and Brock had tapped out, mm-hmm. that would have been like, oh, what a lovely, like, mm-hmm. bit of poetic symmetry across the three matches. Yeah, It's not to say that the finish they did was bad, mm. um, but I I, I I very much enjoyed this, and I, it's, it's, I love Cody, man. Like, mm. Cody's he's great. He just works with this character, yeah and this is what you have Cody do, this is what you bring Cody in to do, and Cody's very good at doing this. Like, he's very good at doing that NWA never-give-up-white-meat-baby-face uh, uh, guy. And after the match, Brock Lesnar took off his gloves and stood in the ring, shook his hand, pulled him in, gave him a big embrace, raised his hand, and put Cody over like Mm -hmm. a million bucks. Which apparently, reportedly, was not planned. That was just something Lesnar did. According to Triple H in the press conference, he he just went off script and just did that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much of that I believe, Mm -hmm. um, because... (laughs) if that is true mm-hmm. that means that in the last month brock is just doing whatever he wants and roman did a segment where he went 20 minutes over time that would suggest to me you have not got a lot of control over some of your top guys yeah so i don't think i fully believe triple h who is a master bs like, oh yeah he is like a king of spinning bollocks yeah so i don't think i fully believe that this was an off, to the, off the script
3: moments, yeah uh, and also uh, if stories never end then why did this story end <laughs> Triple H seems like a pretty definitive conclusion to me the video package said that the saga ends and then it ended like I'll with a handshake I'll be
2: what do you think you do with Cody next because he can't I go for know. the title he doesn't want to
3: yeah he's
2: made it abundantly clear <laughs> he does not want, want to go one. for that title so I'll
3: win the US belt or something I don't
2: know no but that's not a different show you'd have to beat Gunther I and mean, you could do Cody Gunther but Have you Gunther of, win. But you're kind of setting up uh, Gunther and uh, Chad Gable going by last week's uh, Raw. Yeah. So yeah, I, don't, I guess you could do Cody and Judgment Day. He kind of sort of did that when he was feuding with Dom. But yeah. I, I'm trying to think of who are the other top heels that he could feud with on, on Raw. Because it's Judgment Day, really. Wow, I literally can't think of anybody. It, well, it's, it's Judgment Day, it's Imperium. Those are your kind mm-hmm. of top heels. Yeah, And then below that, it's The Miz. And so, you, I mean, you could do Cody Miz if Bronson you wanted to. Reeds. Oh he's tied up with Champer sure. and Nakamura currently. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I, it's for the first time since, well, actually, since the start of this Brock feud. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's, I take that back. No, I'm sticking with it. It's the first time since the start of this Brock feud that I'm looking forward to a Cody Rhodes like appearance on Raw mm-hmm. because I'm I want to know what he's going to do next. Yeah, it's kind of since the Brock thing. Anytime they've announced a, a Cody Rhodes appearance, I've had this like, well, this is not actually going to further a storyline. This isn't actually going to go anywhere. And if Brock's here, they're just going to brawl. And I've already seen this. Yes. This is the first time that on Raw, if they're like, we'll hear from Cody Rhodes, I'll be like, I'm genuinely curious to see this segment because mm-hmm. I want to see what Cody's doing next. Yeah. Uh, we then had the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal for all the dollary dudes. This was a sponsor-heavy show <sighs> because you had the Slim Jim sponsorship thing here. One of the matches later on was a um, sponsored. Oh, I was the Gunther. Um, drew mcintyre match was sponsored mm-hmm. by some mortgage company yep and like the led boards had like mm-hmm. all the sponsorship stuff and then the women's triple threat was sponsored by the energy drink so mm-hmm. you had bianca Belair drink the energy drink on the way down which i, I do not care for oh and then a moving graphic going around yeah. like over and at every like you couldn't go five minutes without being like buy a thing buy a thing buy yeah. a thing buy a thing this is a nick khan you know this is what he's doing with wwe and i don't begrudge him for it but this was your big uh sponsorship thing so the biggest of the sponsorship things, I'd say. Yep. And this is why Becky and Charlotte were not, sorry, Becky and Trish were not on the show mm-hmm. because the Slim Jim sponsorship is more important and LA Knight is part of the Slim Jim commercials. Yep. He's the new macho man, Randy Savage here. So you had to give him a match. You had to give him a win. And the crowd really like LA Knight. And it was every battle royal you've ever seen.
3: I think that's unfair. I, okay,
2: I'll finish my point. It is every Battle Royale you've ever seen, rubbish until the final four people,
3: and then it's really good. Um, I thought it was alright. I enjoyed some of the stories going through this. You know, like, it's it's nothing crazy, but I enjoyed seeing, like, the, the Shinsuke Champa Reed stuff playing out in the thing. I like seeing Chad Gable kind of go nuts and hit some suplexes and stay in for way longer than he should. It was awesome. And, you know, getting an elimination, and then just going, Ah, oh, thank you! And all the crowd doing it along with him. Like, that was really cool. I was watching this. I told Luke this earlier. I was watching SummerSlam last night with my partner who doesn't watch wrestling and legitimately, when Omos came out after the match had begun and MVP came out and he said, here's the winner. It's Omos, everybody. And Omos came out. My partner legitimately went, well, how's anyone going to eliminate him? He's so tall. <laughs> I I've
2: always enjoy the The partners that don't watch wrestling or watching yeah. wrestling with non wrestling fans, because I remember watching it's it, WrestleMania thirty thirty. Yeah, watching that with my my now wife, mm. and at the start of the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match, she was like, "Undertaker ain't winning," <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, "Oh, well, babe, you don't you don't know." And she was like, and "She literally like he's so old, and that guy's massive. Yeah, he can't win this match. <laughs> yeah, and she was right. Yeah, she um, saw that coming. Yeah, but yeah, I." There was parts of this that kind of like, I didn't. I don't know if it's going to frustrate me. Otis just being eliminated early yeah, kind of like frustrated clever. me a little bit. But, yeah, but it's a battle royal. Like it doesn't really matter. Mm. Like JD McDonough is a nothing guy and just got eliminated. Yeah, there was a fun. I thought the fun bit of uh, Grayson Waller and the Miz basically doing mm. the Spider Man meme yeah. of just
3: like we're the same character. <laughs> yeah. Let's be a tag team now. Which is. A weird meta commentary of WWE, but yeah, it was Corey, good.
2: Corey even said it he on did commentary that, yeah. where he was like,
3: That's basically the Spider-Man meme.
2: Yeah. I was like, Oh my god. Oh. You're we're weird. We're bad creative. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it came down to the final four and LA Knight won.
3: Yeah. Uh, and, uh the right guy won. The right guy won. It's nice that Knight got on the card. It's nice he got a win. I don't know what the point of this was, other than to get Slim Jim sponsorship money. There well, no, that's like, the point. B- that that's it. Because LA Knight gets nothing out of this, but you could still have this. Just put some stakes on the battle royal. Give him something for winning. Don't care what it is. Make it a, a truck of slim jims. I don't care. Like, Not that Austin Theory was in this battle royal. Sure was. The United
2: States Champion was just in this and just got eliminated like a chump.
3: Well, yeah, Santos eliminated him, which again was good because Santos is the number one contender. In
2: and then and then Santos just got and then dumped. Santos just got, got eliminated because he, he's also a chump. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I didn't love this. But I, I
3: get why it was on the card. I thought it was. It's more fun than I thought it was going to be.
2: Less so oh, uh, for our next yeah. match. Shortest match uh, apart from obviously the EO cash in. Yeah. Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey in an mm. MMA rules match that apparently only went seven minutes. But I, I can I, believe it. I, I, I argued this. This went way longer. Mm. This felt like it went an eternity. Yeah. It was worked MMA. The rules were. You can only win by submission or knockout. Mm-hmm. They did some MMA stuff. The crowd, the crowd didn't boo this. There, was, uh, there were, there, there, no, were there were pockets. They were trying yeah. to, but this was not like a, an arena booing this no. match. what this was was an arena not reacting to this match. Crowd were bored, which I think is actually worse. Mm-hmm. This crowd did not hate this enough to boo it they just didn't care mm-hmm. and they just watched this for seven minutes and it ended and some of them probably got up to their seats and went to the loo yep. probably went to the loo halfway through the match went to mm-hmm. the concession stand this was I, this should have just been a fight pit.
3: yes uh i okay here's the positives that i like from this Shayna Baszler was taken seriously as a serious threat that's good Uh, and i think this was the best worked mma style match in wwe history that bar is like it's super low but still the best one that they've done and it it still should not have existed you take a little step over that you have you have gotten over that bar. you have gone over um set a new standard yeah exactly um and yeah it just doesn't work this thing just doesn't work worked mma yeah. and wwe doesn't work it's well, I, I think worked mma brackets general
2: doesn't work yeah but i i also look at this from two standpoints number one it doesn't look very good but also no. b i'm not an mma fan yeah so i'm not i don't want to watch a, a my wrestling pay per view and have fake mma in it yeah but then there were people in the live chat last night that were just like well i'm an mma fan mm-hmm. and this still is bad yeah so it, it's not working for them and it's not working for me. Yeah. And I was. Who's as, this for? I was as Shane and Ronda. Yeah. I was as bored in this match as the crowd were. Yes. Agreed. Gunther took on Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, They beat the piss out of each other. Sure did. And it, it, this was not on the same level as the Seamus match at Clash of the Castle mm-hmm. or the Triple Threat that they had at mm-hmm. WrestleMania. But it was still done good because Gunther's perfect. Yeah. And Drew's just like perfect. Yeah. So this was excellent for what it needs to be mm-hmm. i felt like there was another gear they could have gotten into um this was not the five star match they can have this was a like a four star match still very very good i'd even say four and a half i thought this was great i think this was still very very good but there was an extra level that i think they were just missing it felt like let's hold back because we're going to do another one of these um, and i and i don't begrudge wrestlers for doing that by the way i actually think that's a very smart thing to do
3: i don't i didn't necessarily get that vibe i just thought this was a really great match and while it wasn't as good as the match of the year contenders. I thought this was still awesome, and I got a really big kick out of it. I thought it was great. The finish was uh, I, I awesome. I, I can't criticize this as being a bad thing because it wasn't and, as good and, as like the five star classics. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm right. not. I'm not criticizing for that, and I I,
2: just, I don't think it is as good as the other ones. But it's still a great match. Yeah, uh, and it's the finish was so awesome because so this finish was up on the top rope and gunther just powered drew down so he crotched himself on the top rope mm-hmm. immediately hit the splash yep. immediately picked him up and hit a larry immediately picked him up and power bomb him into the earth for the win it was so awesome and it's just like oh this is why gunther's perfect this is why like he is just the perfect wrestling the perfect champion and probably never take the belt off of him yeah like give him the thousand day reign yeah because gunther matches don't have the roman template where we're kind of bored of the thousand day thing Mm -hmm. no gunther's just perfect at this
3: because gunther wins in so many diverse ways
2: because he's a perfect wrestler so great i had a great time with this Mm -hmm. Uh, I, i thought it was a very very good match um i don't think it was my match of the night it
3: wasn't my match of the night
2: I'm trying to think what my match of the night was actually
3: <laughs> i know what my match of the night
2: oh, was. I oh i do know what my it was actually yeah. our next match it's the next match yeah uh, which was seth rollins versus finn balor for the world heavyweight championship this is what i was saying a, a moment ago about how like it felt that uh drew and gunther were holding something back because they knew they were going to do a return match mm-hmm. that's the same thing i thought with the seth and finn match at money in the bank uh-huh this was not like the great match that these two can have Because they know they're going to do the next, they're going to do another match at the next pay per view. So we'll just hold twenty percent back, Mm -hmm. and then we can put that twenty percent in at the next match. And they did that here, Mm -hmm. and this match was awesome. This is great. This was a great, great match. Both guys worked so well with each other. They played off a lot of their history. They Finn got to do the buckle bomb spot to Rollins on the outside, the same barricade Mm -hmm. that, uh, that he went into all those years ago really really high intensity drama and that only escalated when damian priest came out mm-hmm. because damian priest comes out he's got his briefcase and there's this awesome awesome moment i loved this so much damian priest gets on the apron to hand Bala the briefcase to say use this as a weapon mm-hmm. balor Thinks the priest is trying to cash in and is annoyed and angry. That pri- and so, priest, they would be like, I'm not, ca- I'm trying to help you. Mm-hmm. But Bala's got it into his head that priest is trying to screw him over. So he just starts yelling at him, Don't do this. Stop trying to take this away from me. Lisa's confusion. Rhea and Dom were also at ringside as well to, to cause some distractions. And it just like escalated from there. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they did get on the same page. And it led to an incredible near fall. Mm hmm where Balor hit the shotgun dropkick and the coup de grace, and Rollins kicked out. Mm-hmm. I totally thought this was the finish.
3: Yeah. I mean, there was also a stump from Rollins as well, which Bala kicked out of. And I was like, the wait, what?
2: In, again, like that was another one as well, because that came off the back of missed time communication yep. with Bala and priest mm-hmm. and the crowd were like there's the finish, there's the finish.
3: so when Bala kicked out yeah place came unglued yeah it uh, was rad awesome near falls in this one and then it got to a point where Bala was like right we can't put rollins away i get what you're trying to do priest give me the briefcase come on let, give, come on give me, give me give me give me and priest was like i'm kind of I don't know, man. Like you, you, you were yelling at me earlier. I, th- I th- okay. Th- hold on. I, th- me- I thought it was like when we were watching it. We
2: thought it was Finn was then telling Priest, "You should now cash in. Make this a triple threat. We'll beat him together." Hmm. Uh, as a way for us to get the gold into the into the bloodline uh, into the Judgment Day. I didn't get that, but that was cool. If that's if that's what they were going for. But then it just be- it just came became a distraction piece because the referee got distracted by Damian Priest. Yeah. And Seth Rollins stomped Finn's head into the briefcase and pinned him.
3: Yeah. Awesome Cause, finish. Cause br- uh, Priest slid the briefcase into the ring and the way that for me uh, the way I read it anyway because Balor then scrambled to go get the briefcase he knew that he was trying to use it as a weapon like that I thought that was like the agreement so Pri- Priest like took his time though slid the briefcase into the ring and was like All right, let me go distract the ref and went around walked around the ring to go distract him distracting the ref Rollins then stomped Balor onto the briefcase and got the win
2: an interesting uh, point that's just been brought up there was like you should rewatch it Priest set Balor up Mm. because of the way that he put the briefcase in was setting him up so that Rollins could stomp Finn into the briefcase and ensure that Finn lost. Mm. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. But Damian
3: Priest... It's it's that like, did he do it intentionally? Did he not? And that's that's it. It's the uh, uh,
2: Paul Heyman throwing The the, title title between uh, Brock and Roman. Yeah. It is. I mean, because Priest's face at the end of this match was i'm so done with this yeah like i'm so done with this infighting i'm so done with this drama like it was a great sell by damian priest and balor's frustration Mm -hmm. and like it was a proper like you know disparate judgment day balor's on one side mammy and dom aren't with priest either it's just priest on his own balor's on one side Mm -hmm. and these two over here are doing their own thing yeah this WWE are apparently very high on judgment day and like that's why jd mcdonald's not been part of the group because they feel like this foursome works and mm-hmm. that's our big act that isn't the bloodline i don't think they're gonna break this group up i actually don't want them to break this mm-hmm. group up i i said in the the predictions uh that i think the title will be so much more interesting in judgment day and i stand by that yep but this was so good, and yeah. actually, Rollins winning was awesome.
3: Yeah, like I said, I, I think that the more interesting avenue could have been to have Bala win, whether that results in a Priest cash-in or not, whatever. Having that sort of dynamic play out, I think would have been more interesting. But this was so great that I I can't knock it. That's a that's a thumbs up for me. Yeah, I I wonder if it, the
2: interesting part here is that like my interest in this match was all Judgment Day based, and it's not Seth because mm. I'm still not into Seth as champ. No, me neither um and i'm curious to know what seth's next direction is because i think you can't you don't want to do i mean you could do balor again but do with mm. damian priest as a three-way yeah. at payback yeah um and i think there's some some interesting That'd possibilities weird with the there. briefcase as well yeah but, i think there's yeah. some interesting things to have in there um but yeah I'm, i don't think i want to do another rollins balor singles match yeah Uh, We got a triple threat match in our last match to discuss on this podcast as Asuka defended her championship against Charlotte Blair and Bianca Belair Mm. in a match where Asuka was very much the third wheel. Yeah. Came out second. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people are like, why did she come out second? I'll tell you why. Because the C4 sponsorship had to be the final entrant and you had to give that to the babyface, So you gave that to Bianca Belair. That's why she came out third.
3: Yeah. And that's kind of part of
2: the problem with this whole sponsorship deal and thing.
3: All, and also, you can't have Asuka come out first because that's what's reserved for Charlotte Flair. So, what are you going to do?
2: You know, and it was yeah, Asuka just looked like an absolute nobody mm-hmm. when they were making these entrances. Here, which and like she's so charismatic that she can overcome that because yeah. she's incredible. But man, this company just does everything they possibly can. This is another worthless Asuka title run. Mm-hmm. She's had like eight of these things now. Yeah. It feels like, and none of them have been like. Apart from like when she um, actually when she won the title from uh, Becky when Becky was mm-hmm. pregnant was like, I see I was a half decent remember during the pandemic I suppose but then that got better when Bailey yeah. and Banks had the belts yeah so um yeah I, this is just another badassger title run mm-hmm. unfortunately so yeah hit. and oh man it was just like I know I'm a bit like overly sensitive on some of these things because I, I feel like sponsorship things are so cringe mm-hmm. um, when you do it this badly. But it was like when Bianca Belair made her entrance, and she had to like spin the can mm-hmm. in her hand to make sure the logo was pointing out. I was like, oh, yeah, it's so gross. And it makes yeah. me feel, I, I feel bad for those people.
3: <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I did not like that at all. Uh, the story of this match uh, was very Bianca Belair focused. And this was basically Bianca Belair being super Bianca. Yeah. And that 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 was the whole story, pretty much. Which... I think it's worth noting, because it really did feel like, up until this
2: point, they were teasing this heel turn for Bianca. Mm-hmm. But then I was watching SmackDown on Friday in the video package, I was like, man, she does not feel like she's turning heel whatsoever. Then you watch this match, and you're like, she ain't turning heel. No. Like, this was proper babyface super Bianca, mm-hmm. and... I don't think this match was very good. No, I don't either. Up until the injury spot, mm-hmm. this match was not good. Yeah, It was typical WWE three-way, two people in the ring, one person on the outside, and then one person gets back in the ring and someone goes to the outside. So it was a lot of that stuff. And again, it was slightly overly rehearsed. Charlotte Flair
3: looks like she's putting in zero effort. I don't know what is going on, but like, there was some really weird like mistimes, miscommunications. Like, they, they just were not on the same page for this one at all. Her
2: bumping is hilarious at this point yeah you know there's that gift that was going around of her taking the bump from uh Eos Sky on mm-hmm. smackdown which gave the Hurricane and Charlotte Flair essentially just did yeah. a forward roll yeah. in the most gentle manner possible mm-hmm. that was this but for all of the match yeah she did a, a spot in this match where she like did a top rope move and landed like a feather yeah it was like a pillow had fallen off the top rope And it was Remarkable, because she both landed as softly as possible, but all of her legs went across Asuka's throats in the most awkward way possible. Charlotte was actually quite bad in this match. Curious. And it was like this zero-effort Charlotte I actually find fascinating. Mm. I'm I'm, I'm quite obsessed with it at the moment, of this zero effort i'm not even trying at this point yeah th-
3: there was a weird bit where asuka tried to do like a diving ddt where she just uh jumped off the turnbuckle and then kind of like you know when you when you fall backwards and do a ddt inverted that way and yeah like the timing wasn't there on charlotte when she did take the bump she just did a forward roll like her head wasn't close to the mat it was just her hands it was just like what's going on here it was it, it was so funny. Yeah, it was um, strange.
2: However, but then we got to the injury spot. This match really picked up when they did this injury spot, which mm-hmm. I really bought into for a moment. Mm-hmm. Really did fully believe that something had gone awry here. Credit to WWE. I thought they did an excellent job with this. I I didn't.
3: I I, I didn't buy it. For smart
2: a second. smart boy over here. I I, 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 just didn't I thought they played a really. I actually I give all the credit to Bianca on this. Mm-hmm. Because oh, I, I sound and, very good. And and commentary as well. I thought Corey Grace was excellent in this. But Bianca sold this so well. She got sent to the outside and her knee, and they didn't film the knee clattering with the steps. You just heard the sound of her mm-hmm. knee in the steps, and she just screamed. Mm-hmm. And she screamed that something had gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Jessica Carr got out of the ring, the referee, and sort of had a chat with her. It felt like she was then talking into her headset. Mm-hmm. Medics ran down and they were sort of filming this off-camera. And I, I again the credit to this. Uh, and maybe this is just like, it's part of. It's either WWE did this really well, or it's the zero effort Charlotte, but it felt like mm-hmm. Charlotte and Asuka were, dead, were not on the same page because they were making up because they had to like try and improvise some spots.
3: Uh, as soon as uh the camera lingered on bianca for a bit too long and michael cole and Corey graves kept talking about bianca in the outside i was like this is an angle yeah because maybe that's because
2: we couldn't hear the commentary
3: yeah because as soon as they kept talking about oh, i don't know what's going on with bianca here we got our emergency medical like not talking about the match at all just talking about what's happening with bianca in the outside i was yeah. like there's no way this is that this is not an angle
2: because it felt like asuka and charlotte then just did bad we need to improvise for five minutes while we figure out what the new finish of this match is yeah wrestling uh, whether that's by design or it's just it's zero effort Charlotte but yeah. it was awesome in a, in a way really in hindsight. And Bianca was always looking back. That was when Bianca was looking back at the ring I was like ah this is, a,
3: this is an angle there. she can't she can't stumble very well.
2: I dis- I disagree with you on that because when she got back in the ring and she was doing the strikes with Charlotte and she was going against the ropes and fighting I actually thought she was doing that really well. She also changed knee at her. <laughs> I mean, you know, knees knees are funny things.
3: <laughs> Like I think I think Bianca's selling and like for lack of a better term, her pain sounds were very good and it made you believe that like oh man she's in a lot of pain. But when she was like being carried out, she was quite clearly putting all of her weight on one leg and then going oh no I can't do that. And it's like I- okay well yeah, yeah maybe I, I was I maybe I was just this.
2: so invested in in the angle itself that yeah. I didn't spot which knee it was. I, sure. I, I I just totally bought into this. I I thought this was really really great and I said to Dan, I said to Dan while we're watching this I was like it's gonna lead to a figure eight this mm-hmm. is how charlotte's gonna win it's gonna be the figure eight yeah and charlotte locked in that figure eight she bridged up into it and i was like this is it this is the finish mm-hmm. asuka gets in the ring mists charlotte in the face charlotte still remains in the figure four asuka goes to pin bianca Belair while Belair is still in the figure four as asuka then gets rolled up by bianca while still in the figure four mm-hmm. and bianca Belair pins asker and i went oh for f's sake for two reasons number one i had charlotte in my uh, mm-hmm. uh in my predictions battle with you so yeah. I, I was kind of pulling for, for charlotte to win yeah actually three reasons number two poor asker Yeah. number three i really like bianca bella mm-hmm. but her super bianca run that she had really turned people against her Mm -hmm. like i look at the live chat i look at the the comments that we get people were so done with super bianca and then super bianca pinning Asuka after after overcoming all this adversity i was like oh this is gonna do her no favors yeah i'm also i'm gonna get tomorrow in the ultra chats are people ragging on bianca and i don't want people ragging on bianca because she's awesome and i really wish much better for her yeah and it was weird because then guy just came in and cashed in and won. So yeah. it's like, oh, well, why did we give the belt to Bianca then? I guess so you could give her another title run sure. just so you-, you Well, know.
3: okay. I, I think it was justified. The The injury stuff with Bianca and all that stuff, I still think you could have done the same thing. But with Asuka, whatever, you have an injured person win the belt immediately so guy can come in and cash in on the injured person. I think that the setup for where we got to of guy being the champion at the end of the, the segment- was really well done with the injury spot, the story being told, the figure eight into it to weaken her even more, Bianca still fighting and then getting taken down with like a chop block via the briefcase to her bad knee. Like that. That was all really, really, really well done. And I think the, the narrative of that was really good. And I think if you look at this match in isolation, it tells a really good story. Really compelling story of the Undertog overcoming the odds. Brilliant. Problem was Bianca's done that a lot. And I think it's it's now starting to wear a little thin. Yeah,
2: I think it is that uh, wearing thin. I think the reason for Bianca winning uh, maybe is twofold. Mm-hmm. Number one, you want to give Eo a good baby face for her to feud against in her first program. Sure. Because you've got Bianca. You've also set up Zelina Vega because EO Sky did get pinned on SmackDown. Mm. Should have seen that she was going to cash in because she got beat on SmackDown. Of course. So you've already got uh, Zelina Vega set up as your first program, but you've got another big baby face in Bianca bellem Yeah. I think the bigger reason here is... It's one year since Damage Control debuted, Mm -hmm. and they debuted against Bianca Belair.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't considered that.
2: you're telling a bit of a full circle story of one year later,
3: Damage Control beat Bianca Belair to win the belt. Also, Bianca Belair is the only out-and-out babyface in this match. Charlotte Flair's kind of shades of grey, and Asuka's kind of a heel. So I think... EO cashing in on the baby face makes the most sense. Exactly, I think. Yeah, you can add that with a, a third reason within mm. there.
2: Boy, do I feel bad for Asuka. Yeah, I talk about one of the greatest talents this company has that just gets squandered and squandered and squandered, and ne- and she never complains. She never gives. She just goes out there and always gives hundred and ten percent. Is always
3: awesome, and this company never gives back to her. I just i'm just not surprised at this point it's it's not that i don't care because i do care about asuka it's just entirely unsurprising i'm like yeah more of the same yeah
2: i I suppose in a way um i mean it sets up an excellent smackdown women's division because like in this segment you had charlotte flair asuka bailey eo sky and uh bianca belair Mm -hmm. five Dakota Kai then came mm-hmm. in to celebrate with Damage Control. There's six, and Mike Johnson reporting that Kyrie Sane is coming back into WWE. There's seven. Mm-hmm. On the periphery of that, you've also got Shotzi, mm-hmm. uh, who is getting her big push with with Bailey, and you've got Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. Like that's a nine-person team there, which is like, like only two of those, Zelina and Shotzi. I'm like, ah, you probably you know they're sort of like on the periphery of things mm-hmm. seven really strong contenders mm-hmm. or six strong contenders to going up against eo whoever the champion is that's great yeah and that's in the smackdown it was has been in desperate need of mm. so like overall this gets a huge huge thumbs up from me yeah the match was clunky as all get out yeah it was But when the injury spot happened, it got dead good. The finish was awesome and the cash-in was superb. I thought that all of this is a net positive thumbs up.
3: Yeah, I I think the end result of where we got to at the end of this was great. Wasn't a huge fan of how we got there, but end result, all good. And now Kai's still injured. She's not going to be back until
2: next Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Yeah. but, you know, that that's someone you can have down the line. Mm-hmm. Like, we're eight months out. You know, we're only, uh, you know, what, uh, four months away from the new year. Mm. So, yeah. yeah I, I think this was, this was excellent, excellent stuff. Yeah, And that was the show overall because then we had Roman Reigns and Jey Uso in the, the main events. Yeah. Overall, Pete, what mm. did you make of this show?
3: Uh, I thought it was fine. Um, I think a lot of the wrestling was very good uh, aside from the MMA rules and the women's triple threat. Uh, and it was it was an enjoyable show, but Triple H has set such a precedent of his PLEs this year in particular. He's been on such a good run of excellent shows that this feels so much worse by comparison. Yeah. Like I've seen people being like, oh my God, worst, worst Triple H era pay-per-view. Like this is terrible. Like, it's not terrible. It's a fine show. It's just not excellent. And that's what we've come to expect.
2: Yeah, it's... It's actually a, a testament to how good the Triple H era has been for pay-per-views. Because this is the worst pay-per-view of the Triple H era. But it's not a bad show. Just by being at the bottom, it is, like by its very definition, the worst of them. I don't think a lot of
3: the ones we had. So we had SummerSlam last year. Mm-hmm. Which was which is better than this. Good. Uh, then we had Clash. Yep, which was awesome. awesome. Survivor Series was great. Survivor Series was Maybe extreme rules. You could maybe make an argument. Extreme for. rules was okay. Yeah, and at the Fiend debut or the, the Ray su- White return. Uh, su- Survivor Series was had the big Survivor Series match on there. It had the War Games match, and that yeah. was great. What else was on that show? Uh,
2: Ronda and Liv, <laughs> which is not great. But like, I think that this this did not have the big standout thing that other Triple H no. uh, pay per views have had. Yeah, so. It is like down at the bottom of them, mm. but still like a a good show. I
3: gave, and, I, and, I, I, and, I, and I I think that's that's nothing but a good thing. Yeah, I gave it a three out of five. Yeah, I think that's it's, fair. It's probably a low three out of five, but it's a three out of five. Still, um, it's a good show. And whereas all of the other Triple H are probably like a four or a five. Like I be because he probably won't now, but I've been very curious for Ollie to have watched this show. Mm, yeah,
2: because the one thing that he's really enjoyed about Triple H shows is their brevity
3: yeah
2: he's enjoyed the fact that there are already six or seven matches on the card
3: mm-hmm.
2: and they're like three hours 20. yeah this was like a four hour 20 show four hour 15 minutes i believe is how long it went yeah i'd be so curious to how he would have reacted to this because he's not like if it's over four hours it's too long yep how he would I, have reacted to it
3: i do think the show is too long
2: no i mean triple h actually triple h joked about that in the press conference afterwards that mm. this show was too long yeah and it was when someone was asking about matches being cut and he Mm. was like no matches got cut bs they did but he it was like i thought the show was too long and i thought that was very interesting Mm. but yeah i thought this was a good show I'm going to do the poll so if yeah. you uh, can take us through some ultra chats.
3: Let's, uh, we're going to go back to the bloodline because people have got thoughts. Well, I, I'll, I'll you know, spoilers everyone we've
2: got like a, quite a few more bloodline chats and then there are three other comments that are not bloodline related, so.
3: Makes sense That makes sense. Uh, Matt says uh, oh, these are out of order again hold on, uh uh here we go uh, uh, uh. He saw the audience fall in love with his brother and forget about him. I don't know if this is the first one I'm going to I'm going to try my best here. He saw the audience fall in love with his brother and forget about him. It bothers him that Jay was getting these big matches over him. When you really think about it, Jimmy hasn't really ever been a main character in this story, and I do find it believable that the insecurity of being overshadowed by his younger brother and being forgotten about is enough to make him stab Jay in the back. Then the uh then there's the sympathy that Jay gets from this storyline. Jay Uso is one of the most tragic characters ever, and it's why the audience uh True. Neither of these work now.
1: Oh dear.
3: That's why the audience turned on Roman and left the group? That doesn't work. Top here with Jimmy Uso. Also doesn't work. Uh hmm. hmm. I'll tell you
2: what. Um, we have our, our moderator here. Can we have Rob uh, just have a quick check on this and actually put them in order for us? We'll, we'll move on to some other ones. We'll yes, get, we'll get Rob we'll to put come, in We'll come back to them. We'll that. get those in order. We'll get Rob to put them in order for us. Cool. Uh,
3: Spencer Trainer said, uh, I agree that it's been too long. They should have just let Sammy or Cody have their moments. I'm sick of the bloodline. Why did Jimmy turn? The point of no return happened. They super kicked and pinned Roman. Come on. Uh <coughs> me, Ryan V said this saga is overrated. They haven't gotten people over other than Jay and Sammy. Not effective long-term booking, in my opinion. Also solo, solo. I'd also argue well if you want to talk about Drew, I don't know because Drew is already kind of there. or say they got over Ko more than he was before. Like that's, I think it's been good for mm-hmm. some people, um, uh, and Cody. Samuel said, uh, "Hey, Luke, did you uh, forget what you told?" What you told her that Roman's going to lose the title at payback at three years anniversary. I never said that was going to happen. I said that could happen. Yeah. Uh, WWE, after every long reign, they won't pin the champion. They do a triple threat and pin the third guy. <laughs> at payback, uh, it's Jay okay. versus Jimmy versus Roman.
2: Yeah. I never said he was going to lose the title. I said, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting that it's payback. Do the title switch there.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think if Roman loses the belt in a triple threat and he's that, not pinned, that will be one of the most anticlimactic endings yeah. to Roman's reign that you could possibly make. Jay just pins Jimmy and wins the title. Oh, that would be I'd hate. That's so rubbish. Uh Jordan Amos said, Can Uso versus Uso work? Sure, but it's not needed right now. Post Mania, bloodline. Could have happened without the title. Three hot baby faces have now been passed over. Bloodline peaked with Sammy. I do like that Jimmy is the reason for Jay's three title losses. That's interesting. I did see a, uh, a tweet early that made me laugh, and it was a big picture of Sammy Zane being like, This guy convinced everyone that the Bloodline story is good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was
3: good is good i should say danny g said uh, i was okay with a j finish i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and see what happens not giving finn the belt really did annoy me quite a lot though he's deserved so much better over the years and hope i'm wrong but this feels like his last shot um i still hope that he's still got time uh here we go okay um
2: Okay, so uh, this is Matt's All chat right, here we together. A lot of people say that Jimmy stood up to Roman for Jay, but when you think about it, he didn't stand up. He uh, he didn't. He stood up to Roman only when Roman started to give him the same physical and verbal abuse that Jay got. And it was some of these we've read out earlier. Yeah, uh, Matt said we. Uh, all... Robert said we need to kind of give these for context. Yes. Uh, prior to that, for three years, Jay got the type of abuse, and the only person who stood up for him during that period of time was Sami Zayn. When you think about it logically, it was only after the Usos lost the titles at Mania when Jimmy started to get the same type of abuse from Roman, and it's only when he turned on Roman and left the group. The turn to me works because of how invested the audience is in Jay. When Jimmy turned on him, and the entire world chanted "F you, Jimmy!" in doing so. Not only do you now have a top babyface with jay but you've now created a top heel with jimmy I think this feud in the storyline can work with Jimmy being jealous of Jay and being a delusional heel that believes he's right. He saw himself just becoming the other Usos, while Jay was seen as the right-hand man in the main event. He saw the audience fall in love with his brother and forget about him. It bothers him that Jay was getting these big matches over him, and you really think about it, Jimmy hasn't been a main event character in the story, and I do believe that the insecurity of being overshadowed by his younger brother and being forgotten about is enough, stab, is enough to make him stab Jay in the back. Then there's the sympathy uh, Jay gets from the storyline. Jay was one of the most tragic characters ever, and it's why the audience... I'm going to resume and with cares.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I think there's, there's an argument to be made that you could probably make a story out of that. I just don't think that they've told that story yet and maybe they will. Maybe they can try and, and retroactively fit that in, but this wasn't effectively foreshadowed. And I, I don't, I just don't think that Jimmy growing jealous of Jay getting matches while Jimmy's out and injured is, a thing that he should be annoyed about i i don't know i that doesn't quite work for me
2: uh, Joe Nero West here said Asuka is the champ but her entrance was second of three. She's been a background character of Blair and, uh, Bianca and Flair. The ending of that match was so dumb. Why make Ciampa, uh, Bianca champ for two minutes? Uh, why not just give us what we want with Io and Asuka? Tired of the Asuka disrespect. Mm-hmm. Garmin Uh I would have had Bear, Bianca, Cena, pin Charlotte to protect Asuka. So they just had the Io cash in. For me, the triple threat was a bit of sloppy in places with rumors of Kairi coming back. Kabuki, Wars versus damage control? Anyone? Dan's uh, tarnished the championship with that pick sure has needs a deep clean yeah if you want to go and check out dan layton's twitter you're gonna see a lot of him uh ark latori said i hate the tease of judgment day breaking up it feels like WWE just want all of its factions to be the bloodline drama and while that's fine the bloodline had three years together awesome match but hate finn losing and hate jd breaking up love you guys jam that jam that's fair i also think that's fair but be- i if only because you've, you're teasing breakups in Judgment Day, you're teasing breakups in Imperium, and you've been teasing breakups in damage control. Like maybe it's just nice to have a faction that gets on. Mm-hmm. Maybe we've got that in the Alpha Academy. Sure. Uh, jaded uh, entity if they had done this right they could have set up bianca turning heel have i get frustrated at continually getting screwed like brett hart once did instead it's just more of the same sure dylan said i think finn is going to challenge rollins again with the premise of that you used the briefcase and that's when key uh, priest will cash in the reason being you couldn't get it done so i had to and tell a good story i was also uh, i was more upset with finn not winning
3: i don't really want to see another finn rematch tbh yeah
2: uh, Eric says, I had read somewhere today that Charlotte was suffering a lot of wardrobe uh, wardrobe malfunctions at SummerSlam. Could that have attributed to how she was in this match? She could have been distracted with the issues with her gear, also feel bad for Asuka. There was a point in this match mm-hmm. where Charlotte Flair just stopped wrestling and went to uh, went to the referee to be like, can you do my brow up, please? Yes. And Bianca and Asuka were in the corner waiting for mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte to do her next spots, and they just looked like the biggest doofuses. While Charlotte literally was like, Sorry, wait there a second. Yeah, you do my brain. I, mean, I mean, it's
3: kind of unavoidable because you can't wrestle with it undone. Well, just, just in d- case. Then don't have know? that gear. Well, yeah, obviously, in hindsight, there's probably issues that needed fixing, but in that moment, there's not much you could do about that.
2: Uh, Moose, do you think that Bianca? Oh, okay, there is a way to do it. Pete, where you don't just mm-hmm. stop wrestling and go to the referee. There's a problem. There's a probably a much more subtle way, maybe, of, of hiding the fact that you've had a wardrobe malfunction, as opposed to just being like. Hold on, you guys. (laughs) My tits are going to fall out. Do you mind if I just go and get this sorted dead quick? I don't know, man. Uh, Moose, do you think that Bianca could get Cody in AEW levels of heat if this booking continues? No. Uh, Because the WWE audience is very, very different. Yeah. One of the things that I have very much noticed uh, coming out of the pandemic is that uh, people really do not like negativity Mm -hmm. there was a period of time like you know sort of in the early 2000s mid 2000s into the the 2010s that people liked negative youtube videos Mm -hmm. you you ran with negativity people click into it because they want to hear people rag on things yeah and I'm not saying that we always ran negative angles of things. We've always just talked about what we think is the most interesting to talk about, whether that be positive or be it be negative. When we were positive, we would have a go at us for not being negative enough. Mm. But people just really sort of enjoyed that aspect of it. I think coming out of the pandemic, actually coming out of 2016, really, mm-hmm. I think, with, with you know all the sort of political divide and everything, people just wanna be happy. Mm-hmm. And people just wanna hear people be happy and enjoy things. Yeah. And I think that has translated into WWE. I think that's why Cody is getting as over as he is now, because people just like the white meat baby face that it is a clear-cut good guy mm-hmm. and it's why this wwe audience is always behind bianca because yeah. she is the clear-cut good guy and even in this match this crowd weren't really into that women's match the second that bianca got involved crowd came alive because mm-hmm. she is a clear-cut baby face and people just like that yeah. and the wwe audience just likes that so i don't think she'll ever get into the cody realms she will do with with pockets of you mm-hmm. know online criticism and stuff but the general
3: audience nah you mean parts of the uh IWC Luke. yeah well I mean do you know what I will I will
2: use that term the IWC peep because we're all part of it we're all part of the IWC here so yes the IWC yeah. which people are a part of yeah. there'll be small portions of that that will be that will rag against it but I think the general populace the 90% will always be behind Bianca. anchor mhm uh let's just see if we've had any more come through uh spencer trainer says poor Asker. i hope that Curry stays in stardom i still don't trust wwe considering the quality of a lot of returning triple h people she's my favorite and i've adored Kyrie, uh, adored Kyrie more now than ever she's great she is great like i i know a lot of people were dead excited when the the news came out yesterday in the live chats and i felt kind of bad to be the sourpuss to be like I'm not into this mm. and the reason I'm not into this is because I've I've seen 20 returns yeah. uh, over the last 8 months mm-hmm. and maybe 2 of them have amounted to anything mm-hmm. so I will wait and see uh, and RZHA288 says beyond the pure nonsense that is the Jimmy turn the whole match is also a poorly produced mess in fact the Roman Reigns had the same match 4 times now and this one took 40 minutes made the lazy finish even worse it
3: was 36 minutes on the dot this match
2: it's a long one. Uh, shout out to some new members in Ty the Chief and Spencer Trainer, and let's end the poll to see what people thought of this show. Um, wow, it's actually really split. Looking at this, mm-hmm. It checks out. It checks out, yeah, because we have got thumbs in the middle, fifty-eight percent thumbs up, twenty-five thumbs down,
3: sixteen. So it's like that's a, a real. It's like, it's like, it's, like, a, it's, like a, it's
2: like a there. Yeah, it's a real. That's a, just ever so slightly above, like ever so slightly pointing upwards. Yeah. But that is a Thumbs in the Middle show. Checks out. Does check out. Yeah. And you can check out this podcast tomorrow because we'll be reviewing AEW Collision. It will be Dan and Ollie reviewing that show. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of them is going to have to run the desk. uh, And I fear for which person that will be. Oh, dear. Didn't Uh, think about that. Nope, we certainly didn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we're back on Tuesday. Myself and Dan Leighton will be reviewing Monday Night Raw. We're back on Thursday with the Dynamite review. And then it's the usual stuff as we head towards all in oh. at the end of the month crikey moses and then the week after all in just to remind everyone is payback and the day after payback is all out a
3: lot of content
2: a lot of content so please do press the subscribe button give us a little thumbs up as well and leave a comment down below with what you thought of this show as we get on out of here i've been luke and d.a.d that has been Pete all your former jam that champion jam that jam <laughs>